Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of Ask the CEO with Avraham Gatile. Today's guest is the CEO of Penguin Strategies, a company who helps B2B technology companies better meet their business growth goals through inbound marketing. They're especially focused on cybersecurity, cloud, IT infrastructure, and telecom technologies. In the past 15 years, he has co-founded and been put on executive leadership in B2B technology startups in the U.S. and Israel. It's my pleasure to welcome Perry Nalavka. Welcome, Perry. Oh, thank you. Great to be here. Oh, great having you here. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a good day. <laughs> nice. Where are you calling in from? Uh, well, I'm actually in Boston uh, this week, so I'm calling you from a hotel uh, in Cambridge. Uh, just outside of one of our uh, main partners, HubSpot, uh, ah. blocks away. So that's where I am today. Nice. Where do you call home? Ranana, Israel. That's uh, home and headquarters to Penguin Strategy. Beautiful. I was in Israel last August, and uh, hopefully we'll be back soon as well. Well, then you'll have to come visit us next time. Absolutely. So Perry, so tell me a little bit about uh, Penguin Strategies and what kind of solutions you offer to your customers. Sure. Um, yeah, after spending the better part of the last 20 years in uh, you know, B2B tech, uh, numerous roles from you know, coding all the way through sales and marketing, uh, I, uh, I felt there was a need for a, a services company that could provide uh, better marketing and, and uh, sales support services to that, uh, to that market. I felt that that that, that was uh, that was kind of a passion of mine, and uh, I started working uh, individually as a consultant, and then I realized this is something we could scale up, and uh, I joined two other uh, like like-minded people uh, who partnered and uh, uh, and co-founded uh, Penguin Strategies with me, uh, Mark Fisher and uh, Neely Mulvin, um, and uh, we started this company almost uh, three and a half years ago, and it's uh, I guess we were right because we've we've grown quite rapidly. Nice, nice. So, so give me an idea of uh, what kind of problems does your company help solve? So typically, um, when, when we start with what we see, what, what we typically see is uh, companies, um, and it, this doesn't matter how big or small the, the company is, is that they've, they've built a great technology, uh, and they've solved some great technological problems, whether it be in the, in the areas that you mentioned before, cybersecurity, uh, cloud, and the rest. Um, and then they have a problem on the, on the, scaling their, their marketing, mostly on the marketing side, mm -hmm. um, getting out the amount of the right type of content, uh, translating the, the geniuses that they have in their heads uh, and explaining that to the world. Uh, because not, not usually these people are, are fairly technical. They're, their messages are, uh, are sometimes uh, too technical to, to get out into the, to the broader world, to the people making those business decisions, and they need help with that. And that's on a broad scale. And how do we do that from a, you know, strategically, specifically, um, and, and in a scalable fashion is something that we help our, our customers do from a high level. You know, I could actually relate to that because my industry is telecom. And uh, I could, I've, I've seen so many businesses in this industry, and I know exactly what you're talking about, where people talk about benefits and features as opposed to pain points. Right, right. I think, I, I think uh, you know, I think Seth Godin uh, speaks about it a lot. It's uh, marketing is, is more about telling the story. People want to understand the story. They want to connect, uh, not with the company, with the people. Um, and that's, uh, it, it's a challenge that, uh, that we try to help uh, fix. Uh, or, you know, Phil. And, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of where we fit in. Um, 
yeah, it's, uh, you know, so, the, you know, from a broader perspective, we, we need to provide more specific services than just, you know, this high level. So we have to break it down into, you know, so, content strategy, social media strategy, marketing automation, and email strategy, uh, and then actually going ahead and, you know, sometimes that's the easy part because we can, there's a lot of great thinkers out there, but then going out and executing on a month to month basis, writing that content on a month to month basis, bringing the right designs, the visual aspect. Uh, so we've got a full design team and uh, content development team, social media, uh, and then the technical side, right? How do you get that out and onto your website and, and technically put that up there, integrated into your sales, into your sales force uh, and make sure that marketing and sales are aligned. There's a lot of aspects there. I don't want to bore everybody with all the details, but uh, that's kind of what my team, uh, my team does. Um, like, like I mentioned before, we, we launched the company in Israel, uh, but the message seemed to resonate and uh, very quickly uh, we started getting uh, leads from U.S.-based uh, companies, and uh, today we've got uh, offices in on in the Silicon Valley on the West Coast, here in Boston, and of course still in Israel. Very nice. So, so take me through a, an example. So, let's say you have a telecom company that's looking to become a cloud provider, and they're struggling with leads. Um, how would how would you help this business? So, at the at the uh, at the beginning, what we want to understand with together with our customer is, you know, not only is who their target audience is. You you, you said it in the in your in what you just said. A lot of times they're trying to reach service providers, cloud providers. Uh, although that world is continuously changing, what is a what is a carrier? What is a service provider? But uh, okay, identifying that is is part of the part of the part of the work. But more specifically, who within those uh, organizations are we? Are making the decisions around the technology that you're delivering and even if you have the answer to that it's still not enough so let's just say that that was the cto or the cio or um or something like that what what does that organization look like because the cto isn't sitting around waiting for your technology to, to make a decision he's got a big team and typically in those in the bigger companies which is you know, where, where our expertise lies who is influencing their decisions? Sometimes it's other people in their teams. It could be developers. It could be business owners. Uh, it could be other departments. And once we have a full understanding of who's the, you know, mapped out, not only who the decision makers is, but who's influencing those decision makers, then we can start developing a strategy on how to reach all of those people. So that uh, sometimes, you know, there could be hundreds of people within an organization that that is important, that are important to, um, to have heard of your uh, company or technology in order to, to, for a decision to be made. So it's, it's quite complex and we need to help companies map that out and then build out the strategy and build out the content uh, and the messaging that will uh, resonate with those different, uh, those different people, um, connect with them, whether it be on social media, with where, they're, you know, where, the, where they're reading their content and identify where they are, get them, in, get them to come and uh, listen to us uh, whether digitally or physically and, um, and move from there. Gotcha. And what I love about what you're saying is that this goes so much deeper than just identifying the decision maker. So what you said is that we need to identify also the people that influence the decision maker so that you can really become super targeted and laser focused on, uh, on your objective. Absolutely. You know, in the B2C market, everybody talks about influencer marketing. Uh, you know, you want to, you want to sell a dress or, or, or a toy. You want to get in front of those people that are assessing those toys, the, the big names, the, the, you know, they, they have big Twitter followings. The same thing goes for in technology, um, both inside organizations and outside of organizations. There are influencers and 
we call it influencer marketing. It's, it's a different dynamic, but it's, it's the same idea, right? The, those influencers are sometimes the people within your organization. I mean, sometimes there are some, you know, big bloggers or other, you know, people that have a lot of say in the, in the, in your area. And we want to make sure that they, they've heard of us. Um, they're, they're mentioning us. They want to learn more about us. We, we want to feed them quality information. Um, gotcha. Now, why specifically the technology sector? Yeah, well, you know, I think uh, being part of the second largest uh, technological community or tech, you know, a startup community in the world, you know, you know, only second only to Silicon Valley. Uh, I mean, it's it's a question that's uh, very very obvious to us. But of course, uh, the other reason is, you know, me and my uh, my partners. That's where that's where we've been for the last twenty years, and that's not even the net answer enough. We're just passionate about it. Um, I've I've been through numerous numerous startups. I enjoy working with and for them. Um, I'm an advisor on a few with a few companies. Um, I just enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking to founders. I enjoy talking to, to technology companies. It's, I think I find what other people find. Sometimes it's, they think it's boring, <laughs> but I, I think it's exciting. Um, so, and that's where, our added, you know, that's where we can bring added value. If you were manufacturing pencils, I don't know anything about that. I don't think about that market. If you were, you know, advertising a mobile app for some game, it's, again, that's not an area that I understand or I can connect with. And I don't think I can bring added value. This is an area that we bring a lot of value. We're very passionate about. And right away when we connect with a founder of a, or even a VP marketing or anybody in, in, in a startup organization, we've sat at where they've sat. And that, that mm -hmm. is, is super important for them. Um, and it's an in instant uh, connection. Absolutely. And the areas where you're passionate, that's where you gain the most traction. That's correct. That's correct. And I think that there's, there's a lot of, th 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 that world is so big. Um, I, I don't think we'll ever run out of work to do for, for any time in the, in the near or distant future, um, especially as, as cloud and telecom and cyber, they all kind of come together and um, they keep, they keep uh, changing. I mean, yeah. think about it. When, when we started, we started with that, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago with the mainframe, everybody said, you know, and then the PC came out and everybody said, oh, the mainframe, that's, that's old news. Um, then all of a sudden, you know, we're back to the mainframe model, right? Where everything's in the cloud. Well, guess what? That's going to change again. Um, as IOT gets, uh, we move along and IOT, IOT takes, uh, takes charge here. And all of a sudden that, that knowledge, that, that intelligence needs to move back from the cloud closer to what, what they're calling the edge. Um, Cisco's calling it the fog, right? Where yeah, fog networking. Exactly. So you know what I mean? It's uh, it, the world is kind of, you know, keeps going round and round. What, what goes around comes around and uh, it's just, it's never going to be simple. Um, it, there's always going to be complex problems to be fixed. And then of course, all the, that opens us up to a whole new slew of cyber security risks. You know, if the, you know, those uh, automated cars or even something as simple as your, you know, someone, you know, uh, uh, your, your, your kitchen appliances, you don't want people to hack that. I mean, there's just every, every new thing opens a new can of worms and, you know, thankfully keeps everybody uh, busy and employed. Yeah, isn't, isn't that interesting how the cybersecurity industry is blowing up now? Like you said, somebody doesn't want to get their automated kitchen hacked or their lights turning on and off. Um, and then, you know, so now cybersecurity is, is going to be the next hot thing on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's huge. And it's, 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 as soon as you think you've heard it all, all the cybersecurity solutions are available. Then you know someone comes up with a new, pro you know, a new problem and yeah. a new way to fix it or a new way to hack it. Or um, 
it is it is incredible. I mean, in Israel and Silicon Valley, how many, how many cybersecurity companies there are? You think how much <laughs> how much is there to do? And there just is. There's just unlimited amounts of things to do, uh, from like you know securing IoT, uh, manufacturing. Um, you know, I just met a company that's taking their IoT solution to ranching. I mean, it's they're based in Texas and. Uh, we're talking about the you know their new solution and they're you know they're focusing on how they're going to keep track of those ranches. I mean that makes sense, right? And yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's endless. I mean, um, and I love here like that's that's what I love to do. I love to hear like love to hear the stories. I love to hear the the new technology, how they're going to do it, why it's different than you know tracking a car, um, tracking a cow. I mean, it's a, it, it's never ending. Like I said. Yeah, you know, I read an interesting article about IoT. So for those of us that are unfamiliar with that, IoT is the Internet of Things. That's where you bring the Internet down to, like you said, the edge, the, you know, the minutia of life. And there was one company that was using IoT to prevent poaching of, I don't know, rhinoceroses or some other animal. What they do is they fit the animals with these, I don't know, necklaces. <laughs> and then um, it has a sensor that detects the heart rate when it detects that the animal's under extreme stress, that's uh, uh, indicative of uh, being hunted. So then they converge all the forest rangers to that location and they catch all the poachers. Right. Like, yeah, so it's an interesting, interesting. The applications style. are endless. The applications are really endless. Um, you know, and then, so yeah, that's the, so the, yeah, so the technologies are there. And then, you know, then how, now that you've built the technology, just because you built it doesn't mean they will come. Um, we need to figure out you know, better ways to right. get out there and uh, generate leads and skills. Yeah, and you know something. Something interesting you said about uh, technology and why technology and and your passion for it. And it's so true that people uh, do equate technology to being boring, especially the ones that are, may not be technologically literate. But I think it has more to do with the fact that people speak in buzzwords as opposed to bringing it down to earth. So like, for example, we were just talking about applications of IoT and it was very not boring. It was very relatable to the general public. It's when people talk about technology just in terms of nuts and bolts that it gets boring. Yeah, and, it, and an interesting, uh, so I, I keep finding it interesting that I, I, as I meet these companies, um, they don't realize or they, what they're not doing is using technology for example, for their marketing, right? And to, to, to change gears for a second, there's so much to be done um, in order to, because in order to use technology to, to better, uh, you know, to, to better market your products uh, and also to better use your budget. So today, everything is measurable. Everything is measurable. You're, nothing should happen on your website without your knowledge. Um, every dollar that you spend on, on, on marketing should be, should be measured um, and then, and then, you know, scrutinize to make sure that you're, you're really leveraging the, uh, your dollars to the, to, to the max. And that's really the, the, the level playing field that everybody's talking about, you know, Cisco or, or those big guys can go and spend millions and millions of dollars on advertising. And I don't know, maybe even do a Super Bowl uh, ad, but, but that's for, 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 for many of the companies that I work with would be a big waste of money, even if they could afford it, because they're looking to, you know, if we talked about service providers, they may be targeting a thousand, 500 companies in the whole world, right? That's all they need. That 500 people, 500 companies that may equate to 5,000 people to 10,000 people in the whole world. That's all that, that they need to get in front of. 
And they, if they could find, you know, if they need, they can use technology to figure out how to get in front of those specific people rather than trying to get in front of a million people, which are not relevant, just those 10,000 people. That's, that's where, um, that's where using your, your smarts and, and technology and, and proper strategy really, uh, really fits in. And that's, that's kind of where we, uh, is where we come in as well. Excellent. So who would be an ideal client for you? So really any, any company that's um, any technology company that's trying to sell into what I would call medium to large enterprises. That's, that's the, the high level. Um, our favorite are, you know, the good fits are usually, you know, what we call classic tech. You just saw, you know, they mentioned, you mentioned for cyber uh, cloud, IOT um, infrastructure, marketing technologies. Um, we're less into medical devices and in, in, in those, in those things. But um, so those, those were, so that's the one, the one part, the second are companies. So, you know, startups that have already gone to market or ready to go to market. Um, so if you're still trying to figure out your, your, your product, it's not, maybe it's not time to, to scale your marketing yet. When you're ready to scale your marketing, that's really a good fit for us. Um, so that's, that, that would give you an idea of the, the types of companies that are, are, are good fit from us. And it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be a startup. It doesn't have to be a company that just got their, what we call series A, they just got investment. It can be, uh, com- you know, larger companies. I mean, we've worked with companies like NetApp, which, you know, are mm. huge uh, technology companies, nice uh, systems, if, if you've heard of. Yeah. Um, uh, so those are, those are uh, fairly large companies that have, a lot of times they go to market with new products or they need help in certain areas, as well as, you know, a lot of uh, smaller startups that you may n- <clears throat> never heard of. Um, our cl- you know, we have a lot of, uh, we, we actually got to work, uh, you know, a little bit with M- Mobileye um, a few years ago when, when they were, uh, not as uh, popular as they are today. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, those, are, those are big examples. And then there's smaller ones that companies that you may not have heard of, like a company like Sentinel One, which is, which is, a, which is a, a very up and coming cybersecurity company. Um, we've been working with them for over a year and a half. And I think recently just got, I think about, I think it was $80 million of, uh, you know, of investment to, to scale out their, uh, you know, their, their marketing and sales organizations. Uh, so the, those are, you know, those are just some uh, quick examples. Nice, nice. And we'll keep that in mind. So, so Perry, tell me, how did you get started with all this? Quite by accident. Um, <laughs> Isn't that always the case? <laughs> it is, it is. I would, you know, if someone would have asked me four or five years ago, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you know, own and manage a, a marketing agency in four to five years from now, I would have laughed. I mean, I'm a startup guy. I'll be in a startup. I'll, you know, my last position um was in 2011 i was uh you know vp biz dev and marketing of a of a startup that uh actually sold was we actually it was a public startup but it went into uh, we sold it to service providers um you know a mobile uh voice over ip mobile pbx type solution um and probably related very related to to your industry uh and you know when i when i left that 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 uh that company i spent a lot of time building up um uh networks and partnerships and leads through using leveraging LinkedIn and social media. Um, and it, it, cause I, before I'd started that, that company hadn't, I really wasn't a sales guy. I wasn't, didn't have a lot of connections and LinkedIn was just coming in. I, I figured out a way to leverage that. So when I finished at that, at that, uh, startup, um, I was tapped to, to help a few companies do the same thing for them. And they started doing consulting. Um, as I was trying to figure out my next startup, I, I started it and failed at a couple of startups along the way, uh, you know, during 2011, 2012, but I kept getting these consulting uh, business, you know, to, to kind of keep, uh, keep, keep myself afloat. 
And then um, I met, um, you know, I, I met Neely, uh, who I mentioned before, and she was, she had just come out of a startup and she was telling me about content marketing and how they, at their company, they build a content marketing machine, basically that generated leads um, almost magically. And I, I started learning about that. And I said, you know what, that is something that some of my companies I'm consulting with might, might be interested in. You know, while she was in between uh, jobs, why don't you uh, help me and consult with some of the companies I'm working with? And all of a sudden we had 10 customers um, and I stopped working on one of my startups and started focusing on this. And like I said, Penguin, we decided, you know what, we need to, we need to build, we need to start a company. And in fact, we, we looked at each other and said, okay, well, we, well, what are we going to call the company? Cause we should, we should call it something. And I said, I don't want to go through this whole long, you know, so we, within, we said, we gave ourselves a 24 hour time limit. We came up with the name um, and uh, website, up 24 hours later and the rest is history right so um you know six months later we decided to add you know another another co-founder uh, to to the because we were doing mostly content and um and social media consulting we wanted to add marketing automation and we partnered with hubspot and that that actually just helped, you know we just took off from there beautiful um what were some of the ups and downs that you went through as you were building your business um since we, you know, since at least from my uh, management background was was I was very products focused, right? I was uh, you know working for startups or selling a product. Once you once you build your product, um, technically your um, you know your margins are very high. Uh, services business is much much different. So f- realizing that and learning that took took a while. So you know about a year into the business, you know, like I said, we had a lot of customers. Um, we had, we had a few employees already. Uh, I think it, in our first year we had four or five employees and today we have 25. And what I was realizing was we're working harder and harder, but we're making less and less. Mm. So was, uh, I had to figure out how to, how to break that dynamic. Um, so that was a, that was a big, uh, you know, that was a big challenge. In fact, that at, at that point, it was like almost a year right into our, uh, in, you know, almost after our first year, I actually looked at took a real strategic look at the company and broke it apart and rebuilt it again um in a way that it would be profitable um so the you know that us as the founders could start uh taking salaries and um and build it properly so almost restarted the company about a year after we started it um I had to take a couple steps back um and then since then uh we've continuously grown um in a much more healthy uh, in profitable manner, because as you know, a company that's not profitable cannot exist. Exactly, exactly. And that takes a lot of courage to be able to go back and re-engineer your entire company. Yes, yeah. And part, and part of that was to make sure that we work with the right types of companies that need, that, you know, we, 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 had, we, built, we built our stories that we know who we are and what we're doing, uh, what we're trying to, what are the problems that we can fix and we can coherently uh, um, tell that story and make sure that the companies that we work with uh, would be very, um, uh, would be a good fit. So one of the big changes was that we were doing a lot of work for companies tactically, um, helping them fix here or there, you know, maybe write a blog or, or do something very, very tactical. And and those are very low margin, um, not, you know, value added services, uh, typically done by freelancers, and we needed to take it away from that, and we needed to get more involved in the strategic uh, elements. We noticed that the companies that we we did well with, they were happy, we were happy, um, they were profitable. Where the companies where we were 
where we're like we're, we were we were seen as a, a extension of their team, but also as a, as a close advisor to them. Um, so almost to the fact where you know they they basically open up the books and say, okay, help us figure out what we're going to do, um, rather than you go do this and, and you know don't ask us why. We we just want you to do this. You're a vendor. So we moved into a more strategic partnership with our customers rather than being a vendor of them. Nice. Yeah, because be, being a vendor and doing tactical work, that's just a commodity. And what you provided them is something that they can't get anywhere else. Exactly. Great. Perry, what keeps you motivated every day? So it's, it's a couple of things. I, 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 it's, it's changed slightly over time, but today what keeps me most motivated is my team. Um, you know, the fact that, we've built something and we've got uh, really 25 fantastic technology marketers. Um, really, uh, the, I think one of the best teams, the best team I've ever worked with in my career, um, which has been more than more than 20 years, as I mentioned before. Uh, I enjoy working with the, every single one of them, um, which is something that I, th I find invigorating and exciting. And it motivates me to make sure that, that we have a business to keep them going and grow and you know, find more people and employ more people. So that's, uh, you know, I will not lie. Uh, there's an element of Zionism that goes into this. Uh, every employer that I, I hire is another, uh, you know, another, uh, you know, another person that's going to be, uh, have work uh, locally or in, a, in, a, in our Israeli office. I do obviously hire some U.S. people as, as needed. That's not, you know, to help the business, you got to do what you got to do. That's a national pride. National pride. There you go. Uh, so there's that. I think that it's interesting that um, Israel's known for having the best technology. I don't think it has been known to have the best marketing uh, people. And I think that we're, we're trying to change that dynamic. We're seeing, um, we're seeing a lot of, um, is, you know, American companies come and work with us and say, okay, there's great technology in Israel. They must know how to do marketing. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great brand as well. Um, but also the, the people that we work, the companies that we work with are just exciting to work with. I mean, they're, 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 they're at a fast pace. There's, um, it's just very invigorating. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy everything. Beautiful. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about how your company is built on your people. So it's such a, such a beautiful thing to hear the way your people motivate you. What can I say? I, I've been, we've been very blessed, very fortunate um, to, have, uh, to have built a, a, one of the best teams, I think, best marketing agencies, best marketing teams uh, in Israel. And I'm, I'm, as, I, as I travel the U.S. and meet, I mean, I'm, I'm actually here for a HubSpot partner conference to meet with hundreds of other marketing agencies. And I, I feel that we, we're, um, we're the best of them. We're, you know, we're, we're up there at the top. Um, in fact, uh, we're one of the, in the top two percentile of HubSpot partners worldwide. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but part, HubSpot has over 2,500 uh, partner agencies um, and they rate them in different tiers. And um, we are in the top percentile of that, uh, of that process. And uh, so I, I, I take a lot of pride in that. And, I do not take credit for it. I take pride for on it. I think the, the team that I work with just uh, just did a phenomenal job. Now that's awesome. But I'm just curious: Are you originally from Israel, or are you from you're from here? Well, uh, neither. Um, I'm originally from Canada. <laughs> Close enough. An extension of the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I have. Uh, I I moved to yes. I uh, moved to Israel or immigrated to Israel um, when I was 16. So that was a long time ago with my family. Uh, so I'm definitely more Israeli than I was, than I am uh, Canadian. Uh, so, yeah, so I've done, uh, I've been there since I was, like I said, I was 16. I, I, ran, I did the, the, the mandatory uh, army uh, 
uh, army and uh, I did spend uh, four years in New York uh, with the startup um, for, you know between 2002 and 2006 so I did uh, get a good uh, uh, feeling of how the, the, the American systems work here and uh, it's uh, so you know in, my, in most most of my business or most of my time when I'm traveling it's usually to the US although we, we have a growing uh, European uh, uh, customer base and I do I do uh, get to, to Europe every uh, every once in a while as well nice what part of Canada Toronto Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So my family in Montreal, I spent a lot of time there, but I have been to Toronto quite a bit as well. So that, that's really nice. Yeah, the reason why I asked, because you don't sound like the typical Israeli. <laughs> yes, I don't have a, I have a, a, a very uh, generic American accent because I've just been away for so many years. It's, it's, it's all mixed up, but yes. <laughs> Nice. So Perry, you know the statistic that many uh, small businesses or many startups uh, within the first year fail. W where do entrepreneurs go wrong? Well, I don't think that, first of all, I, I don't think anything's wrong with that. Um, not, sometimes like I, I've already, I've been there a few times. Um, and I think that's the, if it's going to fail, that's the right time for it to fail. I think if a company fails after years in, in business, it's, it's, that's, that's really sad. Uh, I think one thing that entrepreneurs uh, need to know is when to kill an idea. And it's really hard, uh, especially when you, you know, you get, you almost get married to it. You, you, you fall in love with it and you're, you're, you're very passionate about it. Um, so knowing when to, you know, when to let go is, is a really hard thing to say and to do. Um, and then, although, you know, I would say that if you're really sure and you're passionate about it, go, go to the ends of the earth with it. Uh, so that's one one thing. Um, I think that uh, that's one 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 uh, piece of advice. Second is never go never go it alone. I mean, the statistics also say that uh, single uh, founded uh, companies are have a much higher fail rate. Uh, investors are are less interested in funding you if you only have one one uh, founder. Uh, so that's another thing is making sure that you you have uh, more than one founder. I think that's one of the successes that we've seen is that we've. we've we have uh, more than one founder. It's made it, made it very uh, uh, helpful for us to succeed. Um, and third, getting the right mentorship, um, getting good outside uh, mentors, especially the ones that will be brutally honest. Brutally, brutal honesty is really hard to come yeah. by. People are, are sometimes, um, especially, although Israelis are really good at being brutally honest, uh, you know, a lot of times Americans and even Europeans are too polite, but I think that that's something that uh, that's really needed if, if you're a founder or if you're a mentor or somebody that's is really giving a, you know, a very honest uh, opinion. So those are, those are areas. Um, and, and, and the other thing is um, the, the final thing is as a founder or the founder CEO, you need to find and hire people smarter and better than you. It's, it seems like it's, a, it's on the one hand, it seems logical, but it seems counterintuitive. Um, but it's the exactly, th you know, exactly what you need uh, in order to be successful is you need to have the best people, um, and they're usually better than you in the area that you hire them for. Um, uh, so that, that uh, a lot of times I get asked questions about marketing and I don't have the answers because I don't, I, I have someone who's much smarter than me doing that. If you have asked me specific questions about SEO, I can give you the, the high layman's view about it and what the services that we do. But if you want to understand technical SEO, you got to talk to my SEO guy. He's hundred times smarter than me at that. You know, same thing on, on a number of other areas. If I had to be smart about everything, definitely the company would fail. Right. Yes. And I, I heard other, other uh, business owners tell me the same thing. What's interesting, I just learned something, is that you said that 
should have multiple co-founders. So that's something new that I learned. So I appreciate that. Yes. So Perry, where are you looking to take this business, say, let's say in five years? Well, um, we, I mean, I have a very clear five-year plan, which is another area that's very important is to make sure that you create a vision and a, and a plan. Uh, meaning that you don't need a 20-year plan, but you should definitely know where you want to be in five years and have a specific plan where you want to be in the next 12 months in order to, to hit that plan. So, um, you know, in our first three years, um, we, we were able to double ourselves every year, which is something we're, we've slowed down this year uh, you know, from a strategic planning perspective uh, to, in order to rebuild our infrastructure so that we can grow again. And in five years from now, I expect us to be, um, I expect us you know, to, to be a, a, lot, a lot bigger. I, I could even be very specific about how much, how much bigger I expect us to be, uh, probably about five times bigger than we are today. Um, and, you know, that's going to come through, you know, organic and uh, potential, um, you know, mergers and acquisitions. Um, I expect that we'll also um, own some type of a technology. Um, meaning we'll probably uh, build a startup within the startup and, uh, and, and do something along those lines. So that's from a high level, uh, you know, where, where I expect us to go. Really nice. And the one thing that, that you said that really is a big part of being a successful entrepreneur and business owner is having your goals and having your plans. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's of absolute importance. Um, you need to be, uh, if there's another piece of advice that I would give it is, is oh, your company needs to be on what, what I, what I call through, through the, through reading a book that I'll mention in a second is you need to be on an operating system yourself. Um, and there's something called the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial operating system. Um, it is, uh, and, and there's a lot written about it. Uh, and it's something you can Google online and it really walks you through how to do it from start to finish from, you know, how to build a vision properly how to run meetings how to set goals and and to continuously make sure you you're working towards them um and, and it's it's an incredible uh, tool and i i highly recommend it uh, as a mandatory uh, function of what uh, for any for any ceo for any company that's that's uh, growing small to big as a technology person it really resonates with me the term entrepreneurial uh, operating system yeah yeah, the book's called Traction, and you, you should definitely get on top of it. I'm getting that book today. <laughs> there you go. Great. Uh, Perry, if you could rewind the clock, let's say, 12 months, would there be anything differently that you'd do? Yes. Um, you know, sometimes you make mistakes, and you need to learn from those mistakes. That we, we grew extremely rapidly for three years. So, you know... It, and I got just kind of reminding it, this is a services business. It's not a company that we, we got a, you know, a bunch of millions of dollars of funding, ran out and hired people. Um, we could only grow as fast as the, as the business would, uh, would feed us. Uh, at the beginning of last year, um, through, you know, just the same way we, we, you know, we, get, we, we got a lot of new business, um, almost to the fact that we, we doubled our customer count within a three-month period, something that is not you know, if you think about a services business, everything is late, you know, done by the team. So all of a sudden you've got double the amount of work to do and you have the same team and you have to go and hire really quickly in order to service those companies. And as, 
as an entrepreneur, as an, you know, as a sales guy, you just want to, you just want to bring in that business and do it. And I think what we did is we did that way too quickly within that short period of time. Um, and, um, you know, we made a few mistakes, uh, in our, in, cause we, 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 we did some shortcuts on hiring. We did, you know, we, we wanted to make everybody happy and we, we did not. Um, so that was something that if I would have taken, if I would go back 12 months, um, I would definitely have uh, made that process of onboarding those customers slower, even at the cost of losing some of them. Um, and it's something that we learned, uh, you know, like we learned the hard way and we, we don't, we don't do anymore. We make sure that we do things uh, properly. So uh, that's something that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always, I'll always be honest about my, uh, um, you know, my, my, my pros and cons or my, my, my faults and, 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 and not, but uh um, as I say to my, my, my people and one of our, um, you know, as our, one of our culture, uh, part of our culture code is transparency. So, you know, we, we make sure, I, I make sure everybody knows the good, the bad, and then the ugly. So that's part of it. And you know what we learned and, uh, we're much stronger for it now. Um, but, uh, that's the only thing I might've changed, uh, at least if I went back 12 months ago. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, Perry, what do you like doing for fun? My, one of my, I just, I, I was, uh, so last Thursday I did, I did one of those things. I, uh, I love camping. Um, so, you know, once in a while, whenever I can, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call up my kids and say, Hey, get, get ready. I'm coming home early today. We get in the car and we, we go camping. Um, usually it's for one night, sometimes for two nights. Uh, so that's my favorite, my favorite thing to do is, uh, uh, is, is camping, hiking. Um, I do some running, uh, you know, those, uh, those are the, right after this and maybe if I have a few minutes I think I have an hour so my next meeting I might run go for a little run around the especially when I go to new places I love to love to do that's a great way to see the, the vicinity that you're in I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big to go on tours and things like that but uh, those, that's that's kind of the things I like to do for fun and I, I love reading especially management books as I'll, I'll always be uh, I'll always be recommending really good management books like the one I just mentioned before um, so that's that's another one um, uh, you know, so the, the other management book, by the way, if I'm already going to recommend a really good management book, um, is one called the, uh, the hard thing about hard things. It's, uh, uh, again, a mandatory reading for any CEO, um, especially in the technology industry. Um, it's, it's by a guy named Ben Horowitz, who is well known from, uh, the VC called Andresen Horowitz. So, um, Another uh, another uh, management book uh, recommendation. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, but that's uh, those are those are the things I really love doing, um, as well as traveling. But I, I'd rather travel for fun than for business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And by the way, I appreciate those book recommendations. Everybody I talk to always has uh, amazing suggestions for books, and you know, like uh, the Mishnah says, a wise person is a person who learns from everybody. So I appreciate you sharing that. By the way, that's another great book. <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly um and by the way we have a lot in common so next time i'm in israel we have to go on a hike together where we go where, where, where are you in are you in new jersey i said so i'm in muncie new york okay well we I'll, got... I'll be in uh i'll be in teaneck uh this summer so nice. we connect yes i'll show you some of my favorite hiking parks well, we're, yeah, well, that's, we're going to be, we're coming, I'm coming, bring the family for a few weeks. Um, Beautiful. From work and pleasure. And we're, we're actually just de debating where we're going to spend a, a week of, of fun. So it'll definitely be somewhere where we can do hiking. Beautiful.
Perry, I know you're a busy guy. I'm going to let you go in just a minute. Um, just before we do, how do people connect with you? Um, I'm still a huge fan of email, um, but LinkedIn and is is uh, LinkedIn and email are definitely the um, you know the the places I, I connect mostly with, and then Twitter's a, a you know um, a third. I mean, I've got a huge Twitter following. Uh, I do a lot of tweeting on on te on technology and all the areas that uh, that I'm passionate about. So. Um, you know, over the years, I've, I've built a huge uh, Twitter and LinkedIn following. Uh, so, you know, those are those are my uh, main areas. But I would say, you know, just connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a message. It's uh, pretty easy to find me. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always, I always answer. Um, and that's, uh, that's the best thing. That's a, a rare skill these days. <laughs> it is. It is. I, you know, I, because I feel for, for, you know, even if I get cold calls, I always answer, even if it's um, to say I'm not interested, because I know how people follow up and follow up because nobody's answering them. I, I prefer like as a sales guy, someone tell me that they're not interested and don't, I don't have to waste my time following up anymore. So I, I, uh, I always try to be, be as courteous as I can in, in those same situations. That's really nice. It's an honorable trait. So we're going to get your LinkedIn uh, information in the show notes so that people can pull it up and, and connect with you. Perfect. Great. Perry, are there any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave the audience with? <laughs> As if the entire uh, half hour we spoke and wasn't. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really hard to find, uh, you know, uh, I don't think it, it's really hard to find something that you really, uh, that you enjoy going to work every day, but if you can pursue it passionately, it's, uh, it's, there's nothing like uh, working at a place or, you know, on something that's you're, you're passionate about. It almost, it's like they say, it's not work anymore. And uh, if you don't have to work, then life is good. Beautiful. Harry, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. It was great meeting you. Uh,